You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network, uh, Oz Network TV for our season thirty, episode three coverage of the Amazing Race US. Uh, we made it three weeks in a row, and we're kind of breaking with our regular rules here of covering the Amazing Race for a few good reasons here. Um, but we're also breaking with tradition of this season, and uh, this episode was not that bad, um, at least in my opinion. We'll find out what uh, my co-host thinks about that. My name is Colin, and as host of this week, I win an all-expense-paid trip to Zurich, along with a free round of mini-golf. And I'm Rossi, and assalamu alaikum. Ah, I knew you were going to pick that, so I avoided it. <laughs> Peace yes. be with you too, Rossi. Uh, yeah, I guess we teased this on the end of the last episode, or you looked it up or something. We were headed to Morocco. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like the location made this episode for me. I don't know if the challenges were as exciting as uh, you know they would have been somewhere else. Um, they're not the best challenges we've seen all season. It's kind of like stacking fish and you know looking for three words, but the location made it for me. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a lot of the spy twists they had this week, but I kind of spoiled it right at the beginning. I actually really enjoyed this episode. What about you? Oh, yeah. It was very... It was, well, they said it was based on Jason Bourne movies, mm. which is a weird thing to base a race off of. <clears throat> but I thought it was pretty good, even though it was not elimination. Those are usually kind of drags, mm-hmm. the elimination. And I felt that that was coming the whole race. Like, Phil's... The first time he said maybe eliminated, yeah. and I was like, okay, we know someone's being saved. It just matters. Is it going to be the eaters, <clears throat> the twins, etc.? Yeah, and <coughs> it's also something that I feel like maybe they need to film Phil saying that before he knows because there is a way that he says it where it's like maybe eliminated because I can watch every episode of a season and just kind of tune out when he's talking, but guaranteed every time he says maybe eliminated, I pick up on it. So there's something in the way he says, like, don't tell Phil until it happens. That's uh, what I'm going to say going forward, because that did kind of spoil it for me. Uh, I, I think also it didn't really matter because it was pretty clear this episode which team was struggling. Um, we, I also did say at the beginning, you know, we we don't normally cover the non-elimination legs, but two very good reasons why we would this week. One is uh, this was a good episode, and I really wanted to talk about it. <laughs> which is unusual this season for me. And secondly, next week, uh, we're going to have a two-hour episode. So uh, there's no sense in tripling up on an episode next week. Uh, we're already going to have too much to talk about. Uh, but also, I guess, credit to them, because I assumed when I saw the schedule, which I'm still trying to find, I, I hope that I could find it so that we can know when we're going to be having these double episodes and everything. But uh, when they announced that schedule and it showed like the eight weeks it was going to be on air, which weeks it was going to be a double episode, I assumed that the double episodes were all going to be the non-elimination ones. So in a way, I guess it was kind of a nice surprise thinking to myself, well, you know, this isn't one of the double ones. Maybe maybe we'll actually have an elimination this week. But that didn't happen. Um, we won't really have much to talk about on the team eliminated here. So uh, I don't know if this episode will go long or short or whatever. But uh, first of all, just the location, Tangier, Morocco. Uh, has the Amazing Race been here before? Can you confirm that? Probably. I, for some reason, I remember everywhere. Keith and Whitney being in Morocco. Oh, why did you bring them up? <laughs> I, I was having well, such cause... a good day. I was enjoying this season again. <laughs> Bad memories. Um, I just knew your favorite team, so I had to yeah. pop it in there. Thank you for that. Um, 
Well, let's see. I don't see any trivia here that they have been to Morocco. I'm sure they have. I don't think there's many places they haven't been anymore. But Okay, got it. You got it. So they've been in Morocco four times. Season three, season 10, season 25, and obviously this most recent season, the one we just saw. Okay, so you mean like 29, or this this was the fourth time? This was the fourth time. Okay, yeah, I mean... I, I don't think I've seen three in a couple of years. Uh, same thing with 25. But I remember those seasons very well. I just don't remember what they did in those. Um, I'm trying to pick it up now. Season 10 that was... That went to Morocco at this, like the, one of the last legs. It was the last two legs they were there. I don't even watch... I don't, I don't know if I saw season 10 all the way through. I think I gave up on that one. Okay, well, that doesn't help if you don't watch the show. <laughs> well, if I said 3 and 25. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't so you help if you don't flow? watch the show. It's exactly what we want to hear when you listen to a podcast on your favorite show. I'm sure you remember Flo being there in Morocco. What did Flo do in Morocco? Probably nothing. <laughs> there only is one thing Flo did the whole season. Uh, hashtag more fun than Flo. Let's bring it back. Uh, well, I don't know. we'll find out. We'll 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 cover the best of Morocco because I think this is one of my favorite locations. And there are certain places they go to where it's like the location's great, but something about the race doesn't click. Something about this just everything worked for me. Uh, a we did get a little bit of the airport stuff we've been missing, even though it still feels like they're kind of just jumping all over the place. But the airport and all the teams, you know, being able to talk and you know, Vankin Ashton, you know, part de, uh being able to uh, explain to the other teams how bad they were at the, um, the the head-to-head last week. Um, I, I think the other thing is we got a lot of navigation this episode, and that's the thing about Morocco is it was very confusing. They kind of set this up to be very confusing. So all that stuff worked with me. But the very first task, fish stacking, does not sound that exciting, really is not more exciting than what we've seen in past episodes. But I don't know, maybe the teams were just in a better mood because I got like several lines here, that fun lines we had from uh, a lot of the teams uh, in this first challenge here, uh, what did you think about fish stacking in Tangier? Uh, that is my next uh, list on my it- item on my itinerary for when I go to Tangier. Yeah, fish. Stacking. I want to go to the port and stack these fish. Yeah, like that and delivering I, I'm... groceries. I mean, those are the two top things you find. You forget scaling, like going on the rooftops and recovering lost gnomes. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> stack fish. <laughs> It's better than stacking gnomes, maybe. No. What? Colin. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, the fish the fish you could at least eat afterwards. You're not going to do anything with a gnome. It'll just be disgusting. But well, As long as the medic would clear me, yeah. <laughs> I can do it. Um, like, did you pick up on any of these good one-liners? Like, I, I think I have a feeling most of them were for Brittany. I will admit, there's probably something in this episode I missed because, A, I had a baby kind of playing and yelling in the background during this, but also... I've been sick for the last few days, and I can barely hear right now. Like, my ears are plugged. Uh, but I'm assuming most of these liners are from Brittany here. Um, when first she was like, oh, little fish, so sorry you're dead. <laughs> and then she follows up with, yummy, fish guts. I just love that. Uh, and then, of course, we get our second vomit segment of the season. Cedric, <laughs> his gag reflex wasn't too good. I love the way it's they said gonna it. It's going to be the um, final challenge. Yeah, like who it, threw up at what leg and where? Yeah, <laughs> who threw up? Yeah, this is going to be the the one thing. Like you know, what flower was on the provincial flags? This is going to be who threw up on what leg? That's why we're going to continue to see this every week. 
Um, This was not a good week for Cedric. I don't know if maybe him throwing up had something to do with it, but wow. I will talk about it a little bit more on the end here, but is Cedric the most out-of-shape person to ever compete on The Amazing Race? Um, Probably not. Um, What about, like, Ken and Gerard from that early season, like season one or whatever? Yeah. Like, they were, like, completely awful, but... And there have been some fatter contestants than Cedric. <laughs> There's been some fatter, did you say? <laughs> yeah. We've had some blimps on this show over the years. <laughs> and I'm sh- and Flo was not athletic at all, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess Flo, yeah. If you're just looking all around out of shape. I think what made this worse is, is just the theme of this season. And I'm glad that they have toned down on the overuse of themes on The Amazing Race. You know, blind dating or social media or whatever it is. But the whole theme of the season that actually does kind of work is that it's it's the most competitive teams. These are all competitors. I don't know if you can really claim the same when those competitors have been retired for, you know, who knows how long. And when he said on this episode that he's had three heart surgeries, or th- I think he said three heart attacks. I'm like, how did he medically get cleared for this race? Like, it was, it was sad to watch him this week. Yeah, we don't want to see a clip of Cedric, like, collapsing on the ground we will having watch a fourth him. heart attack yeah we will watch him vomit just if he has a heart attack then you're gonna have to pull the plug cbs uh, cl- clear clear yeah Cancel the show. <laughs> he will be the first heart attack on the amazing race i'm calling it um it, that'll be his like trivia fact yeah exactly <laughs> uh played for the whatever team in the nba and had a heart attack on the amazing race season 30 um uh, the other thing i guess in morocco is the language so a lot of people seem to speak arabic this week uh, who knew that? Uh, what is it? Ugh, I'm never going to get the names right. Uh, is it Evan or Vank or Ashton or Vank and Ashton? Yeah, and Cody surprising us with their Arabic yeah. understanding. Uh, Mrs. Vank or Ashton attended Marrakesh High apparently, <laughs> <laughs> and then where's that sitcom? Yeah, <laughs> Marrakesh High coming soon to CBS All Access. Um, <laughs> I did like Cody. I mean, I I usually don't like when they throw in these whole personal stories. I mean, some of the personal stories are okay, but when they're like, well, you know, as a, a race car driver, that got really annoying to me, I guess, over this whole season. But, you know, the fact that he was there, it, it made his character a little bit more interesting because if you don't watch Big Brother, you go into the show expecting that your Big Brother team are just going to be like massive douches. And the fact that he seems like, we talked about this like three weeks in a row now, he seems like such a normal, humble guy. She seems like such a normal, humble girl. And, you know, he was this, uh, did he say he was a Marine or something? He did. He had, I don't know. I didn't really listen too much to the story. All I noticed was that they had flashed two pictures. Yeah. He wore, so I'm guessing he had done something and then moved on to something else. He wore a uniform and was stationed in the Middle East um, and speaks Arabic, uh, which I don't know. Any language must be hard to pick up on. Like, I'm, I'm assuming it's the same everywhere in America that, you know, you learn Spanish as your second language. Is that still a thing in schools there? Um, I had a choice and I'm, at least my schools, they give you a choice between a couple, like less than three, but Spanish is most chosen. I feel like most popular question mark. And at what age do you learn it in school? Ooh, I don't know. Early teens. Okay. Does any of it stick with you? Like you said, you had a choice. Which one did you pick? Arabic. I picked Italian. Italian. That's cool. Is it just 
it's Spanish or Italian, you don't have a choice, or is this it learn a second language? Well, they require you learn it. Like, the, uh, you have to take the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, in Marrakesh High, we had to take the classes. <laughs> um, but uh, you're not required to stick with it after high school? I'm not sure. Well, after high school, I guess they can't require you to do anything. But, I mean... But- I'm assuming you you probably are not fluent in Italian. If you were on the Amazing Race and uh, our team traveled to Italy, are you going to be able to talk to the cab drivers? I think yeah, I pretty I'm sure I could. I stuck with it for a bit, and I still have some knowledge of it. It's weird because so I'd be okay. I'd be okay in Italy. It's different here in Canada. You know, we are required to learn French pretty much from first grade on, and I think. The first year it becomes optional if you want to continue to take it, where it's no longer uh, mandatory as part of the curriculum is grade nine. So you have eight straight years of having to learn French, and none of it really sticks with me. I mean, I I can probably pick up, if I'm listening to French, I could pick up on a few words here and there, but I'd never be able to speak it myself. It's an understanding I have, but I couldn't speak it. It's probably a better way to do it the other way around, is when you get older, teach somebody the language. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure in Marrakesh High, they give people the option of Italian or French. And it, who knew that French and Spanish were also the other main languages in Morocco? Uh, that was kind of a funny moment. And it probably isn't because I did look up to see what language they spoke. And it says, you know, it's Arabic or whatever. But you can also find people who speak English, French, and Spanish. Uh, it just sounded really funny. It's like, do they speak <laughs> French or Spanish there in the Middle East, <laughs> in this Arabic nation? Yeah, I was so confused. I was like, wait, do they? I was like, I thought it was just like um, Arabic and that was it. I didn't expect other languages. And they're like, uh, bonjour. Yeah. And I was like, what? It would have been great if they meet up with um, uh, the guy handing the notes or like, assalamu alaikum. And he's like, uh, merci beaucoup. You know, <laughs> just bids them farewell like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a lot of little fun character stuff we got in the cabs and everything. And the other thing, as I said, the navigation. I mean, it seems so confusing here. So many of the teams were completely lost. Uh, we see it through pr- pretty much every single challenge here. Uh, that's something I think improved this here. Uh, the gnomes are back too. Or, or anything else on the, the fish guts you wanted to talk about? Um, we got Jessica. Not Je- yeah, Jessica with the feral cats. Yeah. <laughs> like just not doing the challenge and starting to pick up at pet cats. Oh, look at the kitty. And the cats are everywhere. Every team that was there, you just see cats nonstop. But the- you just hear them meowing in the background. Yeah, and you can understand it's a fish market. But they seem so polite. They just sit there just waiting for somebody to feed them. I mean, you know, if this was a cat like uh, in the wild here of Winnipeg, Manitoba, <laughs> this cat is just diving into a dumpster to get whatever it wants. Our cats must be starving here. Uh these these are first world cats uh, living in Morocco. Uh, Ashton uh, was feeding them when she was studying. She was eating the cats. Cat. No feeding. Oh, feeding. <laughs> I heard eating there. Uh, yeah, those, these cats are little beggars, though. But no one gave them any. Nobody did. I mean, at least not on air. Uh, I mean, it would have been counterproductive too. It looked like it was a hard challenge, but the challenge really wasn't the focus. I don't think any of the challenges were the focus in this episode. It was how the team struggled through the challenges and communicating and everything. Um, it was hard though at this point to follow where everyone was. Yeah, because I was so confused, at least for this first part. Like I think it cleared up toward the end, but I was so hard to follow who was getting there, when, who was doing well, who was going slow, like. The 
the team extreme I, I literally could not think of their names i don't know how i thought of the hashtag but the two women they came like last but yet they left in like fifth and it was i was so confused i think i mean yeah it is a bit hard to follow some of these challenges especially when the challenges aren't that interesting to watch you know uh how many fish do you have stacked now how many are out of place uh, are yours slipperier more slippery what would be the word slipperier or slipper more slippery Correct my English here. Uh, Both. How would you say that in Italian? Uh, Slip- slipperiest. Slipperiest. That is the Italian word that the English word yes. comes from. Uh, yeah, that's a little hard to follow. But I also was thinking when you started saying that, just about the navigation of this and how confused some of the teams were. Because you're only cutting back to these teams every few minutes, and some of them were lost for half the episode. So I was having a hard time when I would see them lost wandering the streets which challenge are they on? Are they still looking for the fish market? Are they looking for the guy with the gnome? Are they looking for the museum? Um, you know, I had no clue. Unless I was watching them in the challenge, I didn't know who had just finished what because half of this episode was people lost on the streets. Uh, the the gnome came back this week. Uh, gotta love the gnome. <laughs> I don't know if the gnome was the best choice for doing the zip lining. Like Maybe this could have been a little bit better if we got to see the people zip line. But maybe it's a novelty. It's kind of fun. It's a way to work in their sponsor for the week. Uh, do you like uh, the zip lining gnome this week? What other tasks did you want to see the the gnome complete? Um, I would have loved to see the gnome stacking fish. Yeah, that would have been a treat. Or the gnome speaking Arabic or French or Spanish to the cab drivers. Um. I did love that we the name, named one of the gnomes was named. I think the twins were like, this is Pasquale. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, finally, personality. Yeah, the first the bit team, of personality but, um, we've had out of them. What if they just had to carry the gnome um, for the rest of the race? That would be great for them. I think there should be a gnome in every challenge. I mean, back in the earlier days, Travelocity was the big sponsor and they mm-hmm. promoted everything. So we had like gnomes every season. Yeah. It was like gnome, 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 gnome. Now they kind of chilled out on that. But I thought it was weird that they had the gnome zip line, and then Jessica's like, "Wait, do I not get to go too?" Yeah, I was he's like, "No." I was thinking the same thing. She's like, "Okay, so do I just wait? Do I go? Am I waiting?" I mean, she had the same disappointment that I did. I wanted to see the people zip line, but still, I could at least say I'm going to remember the zip lining gnome. So product placement works. And it would I be thought f- that, um, like when they were talking about the Jason Bourne stuff, I thought that they were going to have the gnome zip line. And you have to get there on the rooftops. Yeah, that would have been great. And I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, just jumping and spinning and diving over all these, like, different roofs. And then she gets on the street level. And I was like, well, there's there's the boring challenge. <laughs> yeah, missed opportunity, Amazing Race. Seriously. But uh, the other thing you bring up is the the whole Jason Bourne thing. Like, they mentioned, and I didn't even think of Bourne first. I love the Bourne movies. I, have you seen the Bourne movies? Are you a fan of them? I've seen them. They don't. I don't really remember them too much. I do remember. I think they're referencing the most recent one when they were talking about the location. So I have a memory of that. But it's weird because I had to look it up, and it's actually the Born Ultimatum from like ten years ago that had oh. this on. And I've seen that movie many times, and I don't remember this chase scene on the rooftops. What I thought of here was James Bond. I'm sure Ben and. Noah, when they watch The Amazing Race or eventually get around to it, they'll pick up on this. this like <laughs> yeah. Timothy Dalton, The Living Daylights. And there's a really, I guess you could consider it infamous, uh, deleted scene from The Living Daylights where 
Timothy Dalton is riding on a carpet <laughs> between buildings, like a magic carpet ride. Uh, completely ridiculous. That that was James Bond's realism in 1987. But yeah, I mean, this was. This whole episode kind of became a spy thing to me, too. I mean, I like the zip lining thing. I liked just them running around. I mean, the visual of the rooftops is cool. Uh, but then when they get to the phone booth, they're playing up on the spy theme even more, where it's like they're calling a secret number and you have to find your coins out of the thing. Little things like that also, just finding the coins in the gnome that most people, I mean, at least Cedric, didn't think of. <laughs> Cedric really off this week. Uh, yeah, those things make the show interesting to me too because it should be about more than just which team is the fastest, which team is the best at you know mental puzzle challenges, which team didn't vomit that week. I mean, I like the things like which ones can think outside the box and where am I going to get the coin for this? Uh, it's not like it's a major challenge or anything, but uh, I just like you know uh, the location and the whole spy aspect of that too. Yeah, I think it was more than just... It was like a challenge that was tough, but it was more than just physical. Mm-hmm. You had to do the running and the going up the stairs. You had to navigate. You know, traveling was obviously a big challenge this season, this episode. Um, and then we also had to do kind of sort of a little bit of piecing together the puzzle that they had for you. You had the coins, but you didn't really, they didn't tell you you had them and things like that. Like you have the clue and you have to get back. You have to find your way. You can speak Spanish to these women if you want. Uh, so I thought it was interesting. Um, it was definitely a lot better than I thought it would be, but also worse than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, it was both better and worse. This was a great episode yeah. and a terrible one. Well, the challenge was kind of a letdown from what I thought it would be. And then a lot of the team spent so much time together. Like there was a group of five people running together. Um, the leaderboard did change a lot in this challenge, which I think is something good. You know, we had Cedric in the lead, and then all of a sudden he's the last one there when they leave the challenge. So I think that that was a good element of the race because we usually don't get that kind of change in the placement. And nobody could find this museum, too. I mean, the museum Despite was hard to being find. being a big museum. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, and this is where Cedric was at his most out of shape. I mean, you could hear him panting. The only thing I could compare it to was season 26 when they were wandering around the desert and Mike from Mike and Rochelle was walking he had to wear this big suit or whatever and he's walking through the desert he's like oh it was I honestly thought he was going to drop dead by the end of this episode I mean it was clear to me at that point that Cedric and who's the other guy Sean maybe we're not sure of his name (laughs) um Cedric and Sean yes former NBA players team slam dunk Uh, it was clear to me they were out of it but kind of like you said, too, there was a lot of like mix up with the teams here. And I can see looking back on it now that that's kind of confusing. And like, do you know who you're rooting for? But it, it made it feel like a race to me for the first time all season. And I guess that's the trade off that maybe you're, you are a little bit more confused as to what's going on. But that's because every team was in the race all the way up until the end. I mean, when we finally get to the uh, the we'll get there in a minute, but we finally get to the pit stop. And teams checking in one after another. They didn't even make as big of a deal out of that as they could have. But I checked the the counter on the episode, and it was 50 minutes into the episode before the first place team checked in. And we're used to 35, 40 minutes, and that's when first place checks in, and it's scattered from there. I mean, everybody was really close for a week where the, the challenges were really challenging. I was also yelling at my TV or my screen when I saw that Cedric. Was he doing the? He was doing the uh, roadblock. Yeah, 
I was like yelling at my screen. I was like, why are you wearing a backpack? <laughs> I, and like, it was so funny to see him like scale that little wall uh-huh. with this huge bag. Grunting like, and groaning just, to get over. Yeah, it was just so bad. I'm like trying to watch, like visualize Jason Bourne doing that <laughs> and then see Cedric's like lumpy bag rolling all over the place. It was just really bad. That's Matt Damon in another 25 years, uh, about 100 pounds heavier, and after three heart attacks, that's going to be born six and or after seven. A, his a prestigious uh, NBA career. Yeah, Jason Bourne after uh, he wins the NBA playoffs. Uh, but, but I mean, it, it still it made for some entertainment, and it gave us something out of Cedric at least as a character. Between that and the vomiting. Um, I, I did like with the phone booth too. Another note I made here is the way that Phil very dramatically identifies it. An old school phone booth. I mean, all phone booths are old school, I guess now. I don't know. Are there any phone booths left where you're from? No, but aren't the ones in like London still operable? Or are those just for tourists and for show? It, it, I would think it's probably for tourists. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, we still do have some public phones here if you go into a mall they may have like one or two where you can make a phone call from but i mean who doesn't have a cell phone um but yeah it's all burners nowadays yeah very old school That's how you spy. what if what if one day uh we're watching amazing race season 60 and they're like uh you need to place a call on this old school cell phone your old yeah, before school before they were iPhone. chips or implanted in your head <laughs> talk Talk to old school Siri and find out where the pit stop is this week. Oh my god! This is a very old send an school. email. Use an old, outdated technology. Send this email. Yeah. <laughs> um, Phil had a lot of fun with that line. Still, here's something I got kind of confused on. Did they make a big deal about Brittany losing her gnome? Usually, when something like that happens on the race, you have that shot where she hands the gnome off and then they do almost the slow motion and there's that doom like that sound effect and they change the color and yeah. it's like it's just only the only thing in color is the item you're supposed to look at and everything else is black and exactly, white exactly yeah did they do that in this episode because i'm like wait where did her gnome go she handed it to who yeah it was a little weird but from what i gathered jessica took it so she could so Brittany could talk on the phone or whatever mm-hmm. and then put it down just so like she didn't have to carry it herself and then all of a sudden Brittany gets caught up talking to these women who know Spanish and they run off and then the gnome is still there yeah and I mean I guess it was smart strategy of neither team there were two teams they're still there and neither of them obviously talked to Brittany about it or tried to call her which ended up helping them out because both teams I think did place better than Lucas and Brittany well that's where I wish I would have gone back and rewatched the scene and it's one of those things that occurs to you late in the episode oh I want to go see what happened with that gnome and then you delete the episode and you forget about it but she even made a comment there about uh, I think it was about Jessica where she's like I want to think it wasn't deliberate on her part like it, it, is in, is there some weird world where Jessica's like give me your gnome Brittany I'll hold on to it <laughs> like evil laughter like yeah. evil villain laugh Missed opportunity yeah. for our villain of the season in Jessica for stealing gnomes. Um, like, even though, like, it was... I mean, it's not up to Jessica to remind Brittany of all of her things that she's got to do. Exactly. Even though Jessica was like, here, I'll hold it for you. Mm-hmm. Like, and it could... The show could have easily painted Jessica as this, like, really dastardly person who's like, well, too bad. But she had that confessional where she's like, well, I feel bad, but I need this advantage because I don't know where we are in the race right now. 
And I think that's also just Jessica. Like, how could you paint her as this villain? She seems like almost the most ridiculously nice person on this race. And maybe we'll get something like that later on where, you know, uh, she just turns out to be like this nasty villain. We never saw it coming. Uh, or, or maybe they're setting up the showdown between Brittany. Now we know who Brittany's going to kill in their sleep. It's going to be Jessica for stealing her gnome. That would not go over well with the fans, I'm guessing. No, I don't think so. But it would, it would be great television. Uh, what about the detour? <laughs> this is, and this is where I think there's certain things that just have to click with an episode because I am not saying in any way this detour was better or more entertaining to watch than, you know, what we saw in past episodes where it's just bland things like, you know, drink this olive oil. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I loved it because I feel like it worked out. You had, it's also probably the fairest detour ever. I do you agree with me on that? Like, we have these detours where it's like, well, it's clear which one you should have picked. This one, it's basically the exact same challenge. It's just, one, you're going to probably use more physical energy, and it'll take you a little bit longer. The other one, you're going to use no physical energy, but it'll probably be quicker if you're, you know, smart. Obviously, looking back now, it seems like the belly dancing one was way easier. But I think on the setup, I mean, this is about as fair as it could get. I didn't think so at all. I thought it was so ridiculous that teams chose to do the the shopping one. Oh, I agree. But do you think if you read the challenges or even seeing how they played out, that there's one that's a clear advantage? I would have honestly, 10 times out of 10, times out of 10 gone for the shake it off. Mm-hmm. Just because, especially if you ran that roadblock, everyone was exhausted. Yeah. So I would not want to jump for a physical task. I didn't think it played too poorly. However, all the teams that did the ballet dancing were significantly ahead in the race mm-hmm. compared to the people who did the packing or shipping or whatever challenge. And I think that the the pit stop was even closer to the uh, shaking the, the belly dancing challenge than it was to the other one just because all the teams seemed to get there really quickly after they finished the challenge. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a little unfair. Like, I think they should have definitely toned down the episode less physical as it got on. Like, I think there should have been something a little bit more, maybe something physical, but not like lugging fruit up these hills. Or it just, I thought it was weird. I think that's something that maybe you can't really prepare for. You don't know how much of a toll it's going to take on people. And that's where them being lost for so long probably factored in. Because when we saw the end... I mean, it was clear that several teams, not just Cedric, several teams were struggling. I can't remember which one it was, if it was uh, the the Eaters or the Twins. One of them said, I can't even take my bag. Here, take this for me. Um, so obviously it took its toll on everybody, but it's not like any of the challenges this week. Even the, the, the groceries, it is not that physically exhausting to do. Obviously the climate plays a part in that. You know, everything else they had to do on this race, maybe the heat that day, the humidity, but... Nothing they did this week was physically exhausting to do. I mean, the gnomes should have been more physically exhausted than the teams. And I'm not criticizing them for it. I'm saying it's just obviously something worked out that really killed these people, which would make the grocery delivery one to be the worst choice between the two. I mean, I see it. I say it's fair to say that there's no way to predict how exhausted people would be, mm-hmm. how long it would take, et cetera, et cetera. But it just seems weird that they would do a task where it's a lot of running around on the ground, trying to find your location, trying to find this like hidden away Alco shop, and then to have teams lugging things up all these huge hills. 
I just think it could have been toned down a little bit more. Uh, the grocery delivery might be the most boring idea ever, but seeing the, the teams that chose it struggle through it made it entertaining. The belly dancing one was fun. Uh, I do question why it's such a small room. They're like, you have to find three clues. If you did this in a giant ballroom and there's like 150 belly dancers there, then maybe it becomes more of a challenge. But most of the teams we saw in there breeze through this because it's you only have you know 150 square feet to cover. You're going to pick up on which three things you have. And for the most part, the struggle seemed to be that the teams would find one clue. Like, oh, this is it. Oh, no, wait, we've got to look for the other two. With the exception of one team, did you catch well hung in this team challenge in the detour? Um, yes, but I don't know what you're referring to. They were really into this belly dancing to the point where okay, yeah. it cut back to them three or four times. And I don't even see them looking for a clue. They're just sitting there like dancing and smiling and enjoying themselves. Like, I don't think anybody told them they were supposed to be looking for anything there. They're like, hey, we're going to belly dance. This is going to be fun. I mean, they finished in fourth place. They probably could have come ahead into first or second if they actually looked for something. It was just hilarious to watch these two guys get really into the belly dancing. Yeah, I'm thinking they misread the clue and was like, yeah. dance to, for, like, tips. And if you get enough money, you can get move on with the race t- instead of, like, look for clues. I did not hear the word tips there the first time. I had to think, what did Rossi say? <laughs> oh, my God. Colin... <laughs> Uh, this isn't a Ben episode. I need to remember that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the other question I have is, it's just one of these things where they don't explain too much of it, but some of the teams had, like, a full bodysuit, and other teams were showing their belly, and I just, I don't know if this was something they had the choice of and why someone would choose it. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I missed something there. It's just, it's one of these things that sticks out to me, and it's very distracting. Yeah, it was weird, because I, I don't know who it was that first came out, but I think it, I think it was the IndyCar guys that came out and they had like the black band yeah. in the middle. And I was like, oh, it must be like a gender thing. Like all the women may have theirs exposed, but the guys don't. But then the, the well-hung team, they had theirs open. Because mm-hmm. they were just really so it, into it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I don't know what it was. Because like then the chomp guys had theirs closed. So it made no sense and I think it was like, why. Maybe it was personal preference. Yeah, because one team, it might have been Christy and Jen. One of them had it exposed and the other one didn't. And and then I got even more confused when it got to Jessica and she had hers covered, but that was just my own disappointment. Um, also, I'm not an episode with Ben here, but I remember bringing that up to Jamie. And she's like, well, maybe she doesn't want to show it. I'm like, why wouldn't she? Uh, did Cody have his open? Did Cody? I don't... Was Cody in this episode? I don't notice. I don't notice Arabic. Things. Come on. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I guess I remember that one part. Uh, otherwise, I don't usually notice Cody in the scenes with Jessica. Uh, not sure why. But oh Ben, get oh, ben. Out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love watching Well Hung in this episode. Uh, th- they get a little bit of personality this time around. Uh, finally, I guess the teams will just get through them checking in here. Uh, I just want to talk. Well, I guess we'll go first to last, even though it doesn't really matter. We're not eliminating anybody here. But the way that this sort of came down to the wire, I said that they could have played up on this even more. Maybe the episode just didn't need that excitement. But we had like two weeks in a row where they are really editing this. To, to heavily focus on how close it is. And here we have, like, the first two teams are running up at the same time, basically. And the third team is checking in. Phil's not even done his speech. He's gone far enough to say, you're team number one, you're team number two. He gives his whole, you know, uh, you know the smart team that's physical. Oh, yeah, we're the, the physical team that's smart. Like, these two guys competing with each other. Uh, but you get the impression, like, he 
should wrap this up before the third team checks in. And he's not even done yet because the third team checks in. Christy and Jen come in. And then after that, he's like, oh, and by the way, for winning this leg of the race, Henry and Evan, you get to go on an all-expense-paid trip to Zurich, uh, you know, all-inclusive hotel. Uh, you get to do this. You get to that. You get all the spending money. And you get a free round of mini golf, <laughs> which was the worst prize ever. Uh, not the worst prize ever, but like that's what you're going to focus on on the end. Or am I the only one who caught that? I know Jamie caught it. She's like, "Wow, mini golf, exciting!" I actually completely fast forwarded the entire trip because I was like, "I don't need to hear these people oh, see what they're going to get." It. I so I just like skipped that, move fast forwarded it, um, so I didn't catch it. All I heard was Zerk Switzerland. All right, skip, 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 skip. You missed the best part, and you totally don't understand my opening line now, so that makes that even more Well, I awkward. figured it made sense. Like, <laughs> I get it, but I just didn't get I just wanted to do that every week, you know, come up with, like, the most extravagant vacation ever. You and uh, a two-person trip, o- a weekend overnight stay on the moon, where you will get to play Yahtzee. <laughs> we just come up with the worst thing for Phil to focus on at the end of the prize. No other suggestions? Uh, no. Did you catch the whole uh, smart team physical? Because here's the way I'm reading it. That was, that was fun. I really liked that. That was funny. Yeah. And it does make them both seem very competitive too. Like it, it almost was like uh, Henry and Evan are like, oh, we're the smart team, but we're also physical. And then Alex, yeah, well, we're the physical team, but we're smart. You know, I just love the back and forth between the, the, these teams. Uh, I want to see a rivalry develop, and I'm not sure at this point what it's going to be because we had, obviously, like, Christy and Jen and uh, Cody and Jessica seemed like the beginning, those are going to be the two ones fighting it out. But now we have this little moment with Henry and Evan and Alex and Connor, and they're fighting it out. Uh, We need a rivalry on this race. Uh, Which one would you think would be more entertaining, the debaters against the race car drivers or Big Brother versus the skiers? It's got to be Big Brother and the skiers. I don't see... Henry and Evan and Alex and Connor really having this big, big kind of kerfuffle at all. So how are you finding Henry and Evan are all over the place, mostly because of last week. But if we go them, they're the first place team. Huge comeback this week. Uh, What do you think their chances are? Do you think their chances are improved now as we're getting, I guess, about a third of the way through this? I don't know. It's tough. Because I I said, like I've said, like three three races you kind of get a sense of where they're going to roughly mm-hmm. place like obviously we know that their first leg w- wasn't a fluke like they did well in the first leg they did well in this third leg but i'm really unsure because they did well and but it was in a physical test but it was only running yeah and then they did the belly dancing so they didn't really have to do any sort of heavy lifting had they done the other detour part, they would have been really struggling, and I feel like they could have been easily swapped them with Shedrick and Sean. They would have been the last place team. Mm-hmm. So I think if there's anything that's really grueling, they're going to be really struggling. Like they said that they were a physical team, but they only had to run this leg. So I'm I'm a little unsure about their progress. Like I think they could be easily the next few teams eliminated. I don't see them in the final three. You're still holding out hope because you picked them to be dead last on the race. Well, I know I'm not getting this point, so I'm just going <laughs> to... I'd rather them make it all the way to the end and win than worry about them getting this extra point. 
And how about Alex and Connor? Because, I don't know, I feel like they were probably the big talking point going into the season. They had, I guess, a good introduction. You you knew who they were as a team. I kind of feel like they just get lost in the shuffle as far as their personalities go. Uh, obviously, they're competitive. Obviously, they're, they're probably going to be around for a long time. But I don't think this is going to be a team where I'm, like, dying to have them on for an interview, you know? I really like them. Do you? Yeah, they're Your turning cousin? into one of my favorites. <laughs> um, shocker, like you and I disagree on something again. Yeah. I don't know. This episode really, like, I just warmed up to them. Like, I think that we got personality. We got that funny bit at the end of, like, we're smart, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think that they, like, they've it greatly improved. They had two fifth place, and then now they bump up to second. So they're obviously a strong team. I think that they could still do well. I, I don't know. I just something about this episode really warned me to them. Uh, third place team this week. Uh, we already mentioned they popped in before the introductions are done. So this is almost like three-way race here. But Chrissy and Jen, I don't really have much new to add on them other than the fact that I almost feel like they are going to win this race and that the show has mistakenly given it away. Did you catch the moment at the beginning of the episode where they talked about being the only female team left? Yeah, that was like red flag. They yeah. mentioned that twice. Yeah, because it's if it was just this episode, I'd say fine. You know, like, well, this is going to be their underdog story. They're the only all-female team. But they also went as far to say we are or, or we will be or we could be one of only four all-female teams to ever win the race. And then we also had that moment in the first episode where Phil's asking them directly about it. It just feels like overkill at this point. And maybe it, it's, you know, uh, maybe it's a swerve on the Amazing Race, you know, producer's part. But I, as, as much as I actually do like them as a team, I'm kind of rooting for them to not win now because I'm expecting it and I want something unexpected. I do think it was a little fair to bring it up this episode just because we had lost the only other two all-female teams. Like, I think if we heard this in, like, next leg or something, then it would have been a little off. Mm-hmm. But we heard it in the first episode, which wasn't uncommon. But, it, like, they still looked at all the teams and the most physical female team, he asked that to. He did not ask Goat Yoga. Yeah. <laughs> like, if he asked Goat Yoga, would we be still commenting on this? Obviously not. I think he asked the most physical team. Maybe the other girls had some pipe-up comment to say at the same time or whatever. Well, I think But that's... I don't think it was unreasonable because they were literally they just lost four women in the first two legs. I think that's fair in a way because if you look at the all-female teams they had on this uh, season, or I said had because there's almost none left, but uh, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be ridiculous to think that Desi and Kayla could win this. I mean, I had them predicted, I think, at fourth place or something like that. But if we were watching the same episode and they were the all-female team left and we had the same hints earlier in the season and the same hints in this episode and they said you know, oh, we're the only all-female team left, I would be looking at this saying, they're probably going to maybe be in the finals, but they're going to be the underdog team. If April and Sarah were saying it, I'm going to say, they're probably going to be eliminated in a week or two, but this is just their underdog story. The fact that I can say, Christian Jen, they're probably going to win, and maybe it's being predictable. Really, this could be edited a different way with a different team. So good, good solid point, Rossi. Congratulations. Yeah, what now? Yeah, what now? Let's talk about the fourth place team. Um <laughs> Let's just call this the well-hung position here. Because <laughs> three weeks in a row and fourth. Uh, if they hadn't danced this week, I don't know if I ever would have been able to identify these two guys. Like, I, 
I don't know. Have they done anything else other than get really excited about the belly dancing? Um, I don't. Th- yeah, they've been very generic. Obviously, their placement is doing well, but it's like in the middle still. Like, so obviously, you don't get the the dramatic story of are they going to be eliminated, or the dramatic story of are they going to win the race mm-hmm. or the the leg or whatever. Um, but I'm looking at the the title quotes of the episodes, and so far, Trevor's gotten the last two. He said that you're the best French fry ever, which was the last episode, and he said it's going to be a fragrant day this episode. Ah. So it's interesting to see that he's getting the episode titles, but we're not really seeing them except that little bit of the the Spanish-French thing and then the um, other thing, uh, the belly dancing this episode. So um, they're obviously personable. They're obviously like larger personalities that we're just not seeing. And it may be just because there's still a lot of teams left and we really have only eliminated two obviously weak teams. So we'll see. I'm hopeful for them. And, and I, I, I've been enjoying them. I can't wait to hear him say, gotta put your soul into it and the claws are out in the next two episodes. I could see them saying the, the next one. One of them saying the next one. I don't know if the claws are out. It's the necessarily. Out. Who is most likely to say the claws are out on this show? Are we going to place a bet? Yeah, let's place a bet here. You pick which team is going to say the claws are out. Um, should we team or person? Are we going to do it? You could do either. I know who mine okay. is. You go. Let me think. Oh, it's going to be Brittany minutes before she kills somebody in their sleep. I think it's going to be Jessica. Minutes before she gets killed in her sleep? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, maybe there's something about crabs in the next two days. <laughs> Jessica like has crabs. Claws. What? <laughs> no, like they're they're do- doing a crab challenge. Ah. Like they have to sort crabs or something, and like Jessica's like the claws are out. I don't know if there's any way to predict who's going to say "got to put your soul into it." Come on, we got to do it. All right. So. Uh, here's a prediction. I'm going to mark this down too, just to see if we're right. Uh, so claws are out. Let me put this down. I say, <laughs> Brittany. You say, Jessica. Put your soul into it. Uh, no, gotta put your soul into gotta it. Gotta put your soul into it. I am going to guess... I'm going to guess either Joey or Tim. Okay. And I'm going to go following the track record we have so far. So it's Trevor's got two, <laughs> and Cedric got the first one. So I'm going to go with Cedric for the next one. Because right. I put soul, S-O-L-E, like the sole of his shoe. And we know he has struggles with the soles of his shoe. I see where you're going with that. It's it is so proven. Heart attacks, soul <laughs> shoes done. Um, all right, so we got a new thing to wager on every single week here. <laughs> Who says the quote? Uh, fifth place, Cody and Jessica. This was the week they struggled. What really was it this week? I, I guess another good point you had was just how confusing it is to follow what was happening. What went wrong for Cody and Jessica? Because I mean, they were like the front runner team, and now they're they're basically stuck right in the middle. From what I can remember, I think they were really I lost finding that museum, that second part of the second zip line. Mm-hmm. And I think that J- Jessica was one of the people like, leading a charge, but she was leading everyone like in the wrong direction or something. And I think she just kind of got left behind trying to find the the gnome and the, the zip line in that second part of the thing. And then she was one of the last teams to kind of finish like just ahead of 
uh, Lucas and Brittany and Cedric and Sean. So, but they picked up a lot of ground at the belly dancing. Or she just spent so long saying, do I get to zipline now? Are you sure? Could I? Even though it's not she was race? there for 10 hours. Yeah, they cut it out of the episode, but she insisted, even though this was a race, she got to zipline on each one. She tried to jump on the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then the security had to remove her. It was an ugly situation. Uh, Brittany got involved. The claws came out. It was fun. Um, when One day we'll get the deleted scenes from this. Uh, how about Joey and Tim? This is the team... I feel I'm most disappointed with so far and has nothing to do with them. Maybe it's a lack of us seeing them. We get maybe one funny line from them each week. Uh, You're going to hate me for saying this, but um, was Joey the name of the the team I can never remember? It was somebody and Joey. Carrie Carrie and Joey. (laughs) Um, The the ones who won. Kelsey and Joey. Kelsey and Joey. Uh, (laughs) The winners. The team I can never remember. And it wasn't even just not remembering. It was more... I could see them every week and be like, are they a team on the race? I saw Joey and Tim this week and I paused and I looked at them and I'm like, which ones were they again? And maybe that's because they came into this in the first episode in their matching costumes and their masks and their makeup or whatever. And now they're just like regular guys, but uh, I'm going to struggle to recognize these guys from week to week. I can already tell unless something like really big happens. I still like their one. I like them. I'm not saying I dislike them. I just, I, I, they're they're barely there for me. Yeah, I think that they're probably second in terms of like second tied in terms of invisibility along with the team well hung. Yeah. I think the only team that's more invisible are the twins. Mm-hmm. The all male teams. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all these all male teams. Like I'm gonna probably start needing to loot thin out the male all male teams because they're they're blending in. Yeah. It's, it's these teams that are like the all the same gender, it's so hard to know who's who. Like I still don't know which one was April and which one was Sarah. Yeah, good point. Like, I don't know which one is Trevor. I don't know which one's Chris. I don't know which one's... I don't know which one's Henry or Evan. Or Vank or Ashton. Vank and Ashton. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I just love them. They've made so many mistakes in this episode, but yet they still, like, wind out pretty okay in an okay spot, considering they were sixth out of ninth. It's not too bad, I think. They're definitely going to struggle. They're obviously not going to make the final three, but I'm hoping we get more personality out of them because they're such a they're such an interesting team. Like yeah. these competitive eaters now are trying to race, and that one guy really sucks. Is he the short one? No, the taller one. The sucks. taller one does. See, the only thing I picked up on this episode was that when they really were sucking, I guess as a team, I couldn't identify which one sucked worse. <laughs> but when they were really struggling, the short guy he has this look. And it's kind of just the way he naturally looks. It's this look of defeat that just looks dumbfounded. And I kind of laughed at it, looking at him. He makes me laugh to look at his face. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, bad or that's not insulting. It's just... You're turning into Ben (laughs) That's a horrible thing to say. (laughs) Do I go around calling you Hitler? What's wrong with you, Rossi? (laughs) I'm waiting for an apology. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I'm waiting for your apology of Tim or Joey. (laughs) All right, I apologize to either Tim or Joey. Rossi's favorite team where he doesn't know the difference between one or the other is just the one who sucks or the one who sucks worse. Rossi's your biggest fan. I apologize for insulting you. I went too far. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Anyways, let's move on from them. This is going to be a disagreement between the two of us. Who do we have left after that? Who are the teams who sucked worse than Joey or Tim? The twins. twins. 
were there twins on this? You know how I recognize them? Because they popped up. This is where maybe they have one step up over. And I, I like the eaters better. But when they popped up on screen, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the twins. And that's the only time I recognize them doing anything on this entire leg. There's a lot of invisible teams here. I don't know. This might change my ranking on the end. But a lot of teams here, we're really complaining. We're getting nothing from them. Yeah, this this is the most invisible team just by being probably the most like visually identifiable. Mm-hmm. Like as in they're the exact same person, yeah. you know? They they blend into the background the most. But there's always that team that's like a firefighter or uh, like a police officers that are just so generic. And that's these guys. They're they're like nothing special. They just do their job. They get to work. They go home. They have their families, and that's it. And there's, like, no sort of spice to them. Like, at least we could say Jessica and Cody, they're, like, simple people. They're, like, regular people, but they're at least personable. They have kind of crazy personalities or they have humor or they have some sort of extra layer to them. But these guys are not Maybe they had some funny bits here in this episode, but, like, nothing memorable in the long run. Like, I'm going to forget this team in the, like, in the canon of the show. They're, uh- they're nothing. Just to show you how exciting I find the twin firefighters here, can we talk a little bit more about Cody and Jessica for a second? Am I the only one who's a little bit intrigued to actually watch some of the stuff they did on Big Brother now? Because to me, watching The Amazing Race, they do not seem like they fit Big Brother at all. They look like people who would be cast on Big Brother. But their personalities don't seem to fit it at all. And I'm really trying to figure out, you know, were they very different on Big Brother? Were were they like your typical Big Brother douche team? Or are they exactly the same as we're seeing now? And it actually would have been fun to watch them. I don't know. Let's ask someone who's watched Big Brother. Uh, do we have a Kristen Tweet of the Week? Did she see at least one episode of their Big Brother season and tweet on them? Well, we'll, okay. we'll find out in the Tweet Coming of the Week. up almost next. Let's talk about Lucas and Brittany here. Brittany's a real star on this season. She is so bizarre. And going along with that whole multiple personality thing that I've been playing up on, just the fact that in this episode she went back to back you know, oh, I'm so sorry, you dead fishies, or whatever she said. Like, she was so devastated. Then, yummy, fish guts. Like, she is so nuts. Uh, my favorite character so far this season, by far. And I guess her partner there, Lucas, he's on the show too. And I, I do like what we've seen up until now with him kind of being whipped, but okay with it. Uh, but she's definitely the star out of these two. And please don't be eliminated because it's not looking good for you. Yeah, I know they've been <laughs> sucking these last few legs. I thought they'd be more interesting, like more dynamic more like competitive and stuff but like they've just kind of faded maybe it's like they're strong but these skill sets of the race don't fly i don't know i want to see more of britney last place team cedric and sean i will say this i I predicted them to be gone i think last week let me just verify uh no i predicted them to be gone this week or not this week but in this spot so i had them in ninth place you had them in sixth if they leave next week i'll be right on and i will pull into the lead i think in this competition we have the reason i had no hope for them was just because this is your typical retired athlete team position where they're like third last or around there i don't know maybe it was because there's so much focus on them in this episode or at least with cedric but i actually kind of like these guys now and if if they're eliminated early i might be a little disappointed uh yeah i don't like them that much there's nothing really special about them I'm kind of surprised they ranked them so high. I already mentioned this. One of my least favorite things on this entire show, all seasons, is when teams are like, you know, as a dental hygienist, I feel I'm very qualified for this. They always have something like that. And we got that with like Alex and Connor, it seems every single week. 
Uh, this week, the biggest stretch ever was, uh, you know, as professional athletes in the NBA, we're used to being very prepared for the teams we face. So the fact that we don't know what's happening <laughs> in any given task, you know, that's hard for us. Really, so when you're out there on the court and the other team has the ball, you know exactly what they're going to do. Like, if this were true, they would have never lost a game. It just, it, it, it was such a stretch. I, I honestly feel like the producers are feeding them. Like, would you say, Cedric and Sean, that as professional athletes and usually being prepared for the other team, that this is the complete opposite for you and you struggle because of it? They're like, no, not really. Could you say it? Um, do I have to? It's like, if we paid you more money, would you say it? Okay, and then they say it. Like, it's just, it's such a stretch. I don't, I don't understand these things at all. I'm waiting for the dental hygienist one to come too. Um, no, it's like, I think that the, this has happened like in Survivor 2. But I think Survivor players are a little smarter about it and the fact that they'll mm-hmm. do it for airtime. <clears throat> like, I feel like they'll be yeah. like, as a hustler, I'm very smart. When it, and I think they do it just because I know that I'll get on television or something. But I feel like kind of the same thing here. Like, people will say that, like, as a competitive person, I'm always capable of any <laughs> task. And they'll just, like, put that confessional instead of one where Brittany's, like, yelling at yeah. Lucas because they, they were stupid or something. Because they don't air it because it doesn't say competitive or as an ocean rescue woman, like competitive podcaster. I've found that I do a lot of research on the people I interview and not having research on these tasks is so hard. Let's start doing that every single week. Uh, We're getting tons of segments here. Uh, Before we go to our rankings, because this is non-elimination, let's quickly talk about what's coming. Well, let's save that for the end, what's coming next week. Uh, Do you have the Kristen tweet of the week? Yes, we had a lot to choose from. We had two to choose from this time. And I went with the one that's more applicable to the Big Brother contestants, as we were talking about. So as a reminder, Kristen, Kristen is on Twitter at Kristen X Marie, K-R-I-S-T-A-N-X-M-A-R-I-E. Go ahead and follow her. Um, but the Kristen Tweet of the Week is, I don't know if Jess and Cody were liked on BB. But I'm kind of in on them. We agree. Both of us. We I'm just agree. assuming you agree. Did I we like not them. have a Jamie segment last week that we were going to have? A oh, cheese sneeze. I don't think I can force her to sneeze right now. Um, maybe I could just loop one in here. If we don't have a Jamie cheese sneeze, you know what? Let's just update people on what Jamie's doing to kill time in every single one of these episodes. Instead of watching The Amazing Race and covering it with me, Jamie is in the other room right now uh, watching the theme song from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood over and over again. Uh, and that's what Jamie would rather be doing than talking about The Amazing Race. There's a new segment. We're, we're coming up with tons of new segments this week. Do you want to buy this episode? Do you want to rent it? Do you want to bin it, Rossi? Um, I'm going to rent it. So for me, I binned the first two episodes. At least I'm pretty sure I did. I was definitely really loving this episode while I was watching it. I was excited to talk about it, which is you know unusual for this season. Some things in this, I think I can notice some flaws. But overall, I'm still going to say buy it because I just... I don't feel like there was one moment... There wasn't one moment to this episode where I was bored. And if this were being replayed right now on one of like the 16 channels that CTV would normally replay The Amazing Race on, but now they can't because they'd rather air The X-Files and they dump the show entirely, uh, I might be re-watching this entire episode start to finish. That can't happen, though. Thank you, CTV. This is the first time I guess I've changed a vote. You are the well-hung team of this podcast and that you're in the same you're in the same position every week Rossi. Oh, thank you. congratulations you're a lucky man <laughs> i did tell rossi i was going to mention this and then i forgot about it but now just as i'm going back uh exciting news you all of you people 
who tuned in to listen to this episode for the last hour and three minutes uh, are listening to the 300th episode of the Oz Network. Amazing. Uh, I think 11 months we've done 300 episodes. That's not bad. Uh, And congratulations to us for getting to 300. And congratulations to all of you. Congratulations to you, one person, who have listened to all 300 episodes of the Oz Network. Uh, Amazing race. We're going to continue on for the rest of the season. We will be back next week. As I said, it is a double episode. And Rossi, drum roll in your head if you want, because I'm not going to... There you go. Drum roll. Next week, the return of the head-to-head. <laughs> what? No. What? Uh, Whoa. I just want Henry and Evan to be like, as a debater, I feel I'm the best person to bungee jump. I know the physics of how I'm going to go down. I want one of these people on this season to mention that on the side, they're a dental hygienist, and that's why they're qualified. I will not stop watching or covering the amazing race until that happens and in less than a week we're going to be having our special oh that's new right show. and i guess we don't want to mention what that show is yet but fans of it out there you know what it oh. is i'm sure <laughs> you should know by now you know i didn't realize it was that soon i'm gonna to have to prepare so we're excited rossi and i will be bringing a new show coverage to you it may or may not have a dental hygienist on it it's actually the um the off show, the side show created from Third fourth Watch. watch. Third watch. It's fourth Watch. Uh, the Dental Hygienist version <laughs> coming soon to the Oz Network. Yes. <laughs> My name is Colin, and remember the advice of Anthony Rossi don't be like Ben. And I'm Rossi, and like Jamie always says, half snack. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.